establish those non-negotiables and stick with it. That's how you stay true to who you are. Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on personal growth and lifestyle design. My name's Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group, so I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Hello, my loves. Welcome back to the Lavender Lifestyle. It's your host, Eileen. Today, I am so excited to have on our guest, my friend, Anne Liu. Anne is the founder of Girl and the Word, a Christian lifestyle brand that spans across several social channels, including YouTube, Instagram, and Pinterest. She also has a two-year-old corgi named Ollie. So you might have seen some of Anne's videos while browsing YouTube. She makes calming, mindful home decor content on her channel, Girl and the Word, and her videos are just so gorgeous and so soothing so refreshing so the fun thing about Anne is we actually met when we were in high school so it must have been over 10 years ago when we were babies and since then I've just followed her life journey her creative journey seeing her go through so many things and try out so many different things until last year she started her YouTube channel and she blew up and now she is just doing such an amazing job on all platforms YouTube Instagram Pinterest and I'm excited to show you an inside look at how some Someone can build a brand and create content like her. Hello, Anne. Welcome to the Lavender Lifestyle Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. I miss you, Eileen. <laughs> I know. And it's crazy because like, I don't think people realize that we've known each other for so long, like since high yeah. school, literally. <laughs> Seriously, that's crazy to think about. Like, I mean, I think I only met you briefly because we didn't go to the same school, but at the same time, I followed you throughout your entire life and personal creative journey. Mm -hmm. And I'm just so proud of you. And I have to tell you, like, I still have your macrame. Is it called macrame? Yeah. Like, I bought one from you a few years ago, actually. And it's still in my room. Wow. You know, I'm just so blown away at how supportive you've always been. Since you've seen me like get into all these different phases, <laughs> like mm-hmm. I was so into making macrames at one point, and then yeah. make t-shirts at one point, and then you offered bought- Oh I yeah, I did that. wear your t-shirt. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I I just love how supportive you are, especially of women <laughs> entrepreneurs. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I love seeing other women succeed, especially like my friends, you know, it's just the best feeling because you can see that like it inspires me because it makes it reminds me that it's so possible for everyone to succeed. Yeah, I mean, you've always been a super creative person. So I want to know if you could share with our audience your creative journey, how you got here and how you found out this is what you were called to do. Yeah, wow. I mean, I did not get into, I started with Instagram first. So I did not get into Instagram thinking I'm going to make any money off of it. Um, The only reason why I started posting photos of like makeovers in my bedroom and stuff was because I moved out of my mom's house prematurely. Um, Mm. And so I couldn't afford anything nice or safe. And so I ended up in kind of like, the slums of LA, as my friend yeah. call it. Um, so the outside was just very raggedy. It was kind of yeah, like dangerous, it was very dangerous, actually, <laughs> that neighborhood. But the inside was okay. And I, I just felt like if I could make the inside livable and 
cozy, then I would kind of forget about my actual situation. Mm. And what I did was I spent one full paycheck just making over my entire studio. Wow. And I just snapped the photo and then put it up on Instagram and it gained a lot of traction. Yeah. And that was when I realized, oh, like this is really fun. I, I could keep doing this as a hobby. And that was when, you know, all these smaller companies started reaching out. And that's when I realized, oh, this is how people make money off of yeah. social media. And that was literally how it started. Wow. So you weren't intentionally trying to get into like interior design. No, not really. Mm, but no. you're so good at it. And what oh. kind of job were you doing at that time? I was a copywriter actually for a startup. Yeah. Oh, cool. So mm-hmm. it was also creative related, but did you know that you eventually wanted to quit or did you have any plans like that? Halfway through, I think like after working there for like a year, that was when I wanted to have more like creative freedom. I wanted to set my own hours and all of these entrepreneurial like urges came out of me when I I told Mm -hmm. my boss because we were really close and I told him like, yeah, it would be really cool to one day do Instagram full time. And Mm -hmm. he actually supported it. And I, yeah. I I honestly owe a lot of my current confidence to him. Oh, that's amazing. And when Mm -hmm. did you start this Instagram? Like, when did you realize it was, you know, an option? I think probably in 2016. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And then I think you started your YouTube channel, was it this year? No, last year. It was last year, yes. Yeah, but very recently. Mm -hmm. So what made you decide to transition from Instagram to YouTube? Oh, man. So because I didn't go into Instagram fully understanding what my mission was or what my purpose was. I just thought it was a a very unique career opportunity. I began Mm -hmm. feeling a little jaded, honestly, being kind of forced into one Mm -hmm. niche. And whenever I posted about something else, like the engagement just tanked and that didn't really. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And I realized, well, I'm just kind of doing this to make money and pay rent. And Mm -hmm. I just needed to, I guess, regroup. And uh, so I just took a month off, <laughs> just traveled for a whole month yeah. um, and then realized I need to take a business risk for my own mental health. And so I decided, mm-hmm. hey, if I'm so invested in wellness, why not create like a wellness channel on YouTube? And so I just tried that. And mm-hmm. thankfully, I got in the algorithm's good graces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. really kind of getting lucky. Yeah. Well, I not lucky. I think your videos are beautiful. And also you're, you are really good at designing your space. So like to do the apartment, like redecorating Mm -hmm. and the tours, like that's really smart of you because people love watching that stuff. But also Mm -hmm. I want to talk about the Instagram burnout because I don't think a lot of people realize like if it's a job, it it can get not fun, right? Yeah. (laughs) So I guess what were you doing exactly for the job and why did it burn you out? Yeah, it, absolutely burnt me out because like I said, it was kind of sink or swim at that point because it was my full-time job. I didn't have like a plan Mm -hmm. B or like, you know, another side job to keep me floating. And so I found myself saying yes to all the like collaboration inquiries, even if they involved me, so to speak, Mm -hmm. because I just felt like this need to survive. (laughs) And after a Mm -hmm. while, you know, for a lack of a better term, I honestly felt kind of like a product prostitute. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I totally get that. Instagram must be so hard. And I saw that you were changing your room all the time yeah. with new products. And I'm like, isn't that exhausting? They were physically draining to yeah. people notice it too. They ask me like all the time, do you change your space every week? And yeah. yes, I honestly had to because you can't take mm-hmm. the same photo of the same room you know, too many times before people get sick of it, but you only have one yeah. loss. So. Exactly. Yeah. Most people don't redecorate yeah. as often as you do. Yeah, exactly. Wow. What did you do with all the extra stuff? Just like sell it off? Yeah, I was, man, I got really good at selling stuff after a while. Wow. Yeah. And then all my close friends, they, they love getting free stuff. So it all went to them as well. But it's it just shows that Instagram, although it's like a dream job, it's not as glamorous as you oh, think it no. is. Oh, no. Yeah, there's <laughs> if you're not careful going into it. And I think you would know this as well. Like, there's so much like insecurity and like the co- whole comparison game. It can mm-hmm. really mess you up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how were you able to stay like mentally healthy throughout this whole journey? Yeah. Or how are you with that? Oh, man, I'm a, a lot better now than... I guess like, was it 2018? Yeah, Mm. I'm in a much better headspace now because I feel like I can do what I love without feeling the need to survive, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, survival mode is gone now. I can actually amazing what I love now, yeah. I can totally relate because I felt like when you're building a new channel, I would say the first two years, Mm -hmm. two or three years of YouTube, I was in survival mode. And then even after that, even though I wasn't like financially in survival mode, my mental health was still in survival Mm -hmm. mode. Mm -hmm. And then only recently, like the past year or so, I've really learned to just like chill out, slow Mm -hmm. down and not feel so like rushed, not compare myself as much. So. Yeah, it's yeah, a learning process. Because, yeah, this is such like a new industry to be in. And we kind of mm-hmm. don't have a lot of like examples of success that we personally know of. So of course, mm-hmm. like, it's really difficult for us to trust that it will be a stable road. And you know, so mm-hmm. yeah, I totally yeah. understand. So with where you are now with your Instagram and YouTube, do you still ever feel like it's forced? Like you have to, you're still like redecorating every so often. So how do you stay passionate about what you do versus feeling like it's a job? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So I made a mental note to myself to never accept any collaboration inquiries that will drain me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why we turn away, like, let's say 80%. Like we turn oh, away yeah. a lot yeah. um, of people who come to us and only accept ones that I'm truly excited about, you know, and it sounds a little mm-hmm. like cheesy, but I finally know what it's like to, to only accept what you're excited about. And that's yeah. why it doesn't burn me out. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> But what would you say is like the hardest part about your job? At first, I'm not going to lie. It was the comments. Mm. Um, Oh, that's surprising. I I know. I wasn't used to reading YouTube comments about me. Wait, do you feel like your Instagram comments or YouTube comments are nicer? Like, well, how is it different? Yeah, it's so different because on Instagram, I feel like the people who follow me, like if they are mean, then it's just like one or two, you know, it's like not too much and Mm -hmm. the majority are just pretty close by location wise so like they speak fluent English and so you know it's comprehensible (laughs) but on YouTube it's a much more international audience 
Uh, so even mm-hmm. if they mean well, it's kind of like hard to read what they actually mean. <laughs> so at first, I was a little like confused as to like, am, am I making a difference? Like, I'm not sure the reaction is a little like mixed and I don't right. understand some of them. And so that kind of, <laughs> yeah, a little if bit. If you don't understand what they're saying, just yeah. don't even, just ignore it. I know. So after yeah. all, I learned, I'm going to leave it alone because it's yeah. giving me a little bit of anxiety. And now I'm like completely used to it. <laughs> it does take some time. And it's yeah. just, you have to remember to focus on the positive ones because those tell you you are making yeah. a difference. And even though there are sprinkled negative comments everywhere, just like, you know, let it go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I find it so easy to just like either block or just forget about them. Yeah. But at first it was an adjustment that I had to make. Oh yeah, Yeah. totally. Mm -hmm. I feel like you have to like center yourself. Like you can't let the good comments get you too excited and you can't let the bad comments get you too sad. Like you have to keep some sort of distance or detachment. Yes. Oh, that's right. As a creative. Yeah. You can't tie your self-worth into what other people say. Absolutely. So now, Mm -hmm. like you said, it takes a lot for me to actually feel something, whether it's good Mm -hmm. or bad. Yeah. And so it's it's kind of interesting too because you want you want to feel good, but you at the same time you're like I can't let this Yeah, it's like a weird balance. Good. Yeah. Like I feel like if you let yourself feel good, then your your emotions are open to like feel really bad about stuff, Absolutely. but but then also if you stay centered, then even if people are like spilling their heart out saying good things, you're still a little bit like okay, thank you, but you're not like oh yeah. my god. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There, Absolutely. Yeah. I think you just, it's, it's like a way to like protect yourself, I guess. No, I, I believe it. It's just drawing personal boundaries, you know? Right. Boundaries yeah, is the word. Keeping your emotional health in check. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What would you say is a typical day in your life or maybe week in your life? Whatever is a better picture. Yeah. I would say probably week um, since every day is different. Mm-hmm. I always make sure now and and this is how I keep myself from burning out. I always make sure to give myself a Sabbath day. And mm. I know not a lot of people have the, I guess, privilege or like the, the luxury, yeah, the luxury right? to, to mm-hmm. have a full day to themselves. But in my current season of life, I do. And so I was, I'm very intentional about saving a day where I don't do anything that drains me. Um, and I just take care of myself that day. Mm-hmm. And that day for me is Monday. Mm. And then Tuesday is when I go volunteer. And then Wednesday through Friday are my work days. Mm. Saturday is kind of like a, if I have any work left over, then I'll do it on Saturday. But Sunday is reserved for church and friends. And so... Wow, that's actually a very like balanced yeah. and chill week. I had to like it sounds great. <laughs> I had to be very intentional because I'm like, I remember what it's like to burn out. Do not want to have yeah. And where do you volunteer on Tuesdays? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I volunteer at church as one of their media people. So oh yeah. yeah, anything when it comes to like stage design or social media, they kind of ask me for advice and stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I do have a question from Facebook related to this from Juliet. She asked, what was your content creation schedule like before quitting your job? Versus, I mean, you already told us what it is now, but I guess for people who are working and would like to do what you do, how did you make that work in the beginning? Mm, I'm not going to lie. That was really tough. <laughs> um, yeah, because when I started making money on Instagram while having a full-time job, I was already in the mindset that 
I'm going to do this full time. So I poured like it was basically having two full time jobs. Yeah. But I, of course, kind of don't recommend that. I recommend taking it slow, saving a lot of money and then so that you can, you know, Mm -hmm. take your time and enjoy the process rather than throwing yourself into survival mode right away. Mm, Totally. Yeah. So it was just work, work, work. There was no Sabbath whatsoever. (laughs) Every (laughs) moment I was always thinking of like, what can I do that's new and, you know, will catch on with the algorithm. Right. And this whole time you were doing it yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know now you have someone helping you, right? Yeah. I have How a, is that relationship? Oh, she is so lovely. Her name's Jenny. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen her uh, channel. Like I watched yeah. one video. Oh, yeah. 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 She would be so ecstatic to know that. Oh, She's really? Like, yeah. <laughs> Jenny came out of nowhere. <laughs> Jenny just sought me out. Um, she heard about me from church, I think, and sought me out and just wanted to learn as much as she could from me. Mm-hmm. Um, but more than that, I, I, I felt strongly that I wanted her to be my friend as well, because she mm-hmm. adds so much like spiritual value to my life. She's always willing to pray for me and just being that mm-hmm. like little sister that I never had. And so whenever I film or whatever, <laughs> I bring Jenny over and I don't even know what job to give her most of the time, but somehow <laughs> just finds a way to be super helpful. And yeah, I love her. <laughs> that is, your relationship is so cute. And <laughs> yeah, it's so sweet. I think you mentioned you wanted to talk about your wellness retreat this year. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So I, after being like an influencer for a couple of years, I've been, and I'm sure you know, all these like influencer events, they kind of treat you like princesses, but for the everyday Mm -hmm. lay people who are not in this industry, they don't really get to be treated that way. And they don't know what it's like to go to an event and get all this free stuff and leave feeling like pretty much royalty. And so I I wanted to create that kind of abundant experience for the public. Mm. Um, And yeah, have them just come to this retreat, get like a massage or get their nails done or, you know, play with dogs that need to be adopted and, you know, like just engage in all of these self-care activities and and, uh, hear all of these motivational speakers and leave feeling as though they did they deserve to feel this way all the time, you know, deserve to take care of themselves. And I feel like it's, it's kind of like still a taboo uh, subject in the secular world and in church, like in church, it's seen as kind of selfish. If Mm -hmm. you, if you indulge in self-care and, you know, like it's, it's a difficult thing to convince people of, but I think once they experience it, they'll change their mind. I love that. So are you planning that for like this year? Yeah. So when, when will that be? This year where uh, me and my manager and my team, we're going to just pour ourselves into planning it as well as we can. We want to do it right. And hopefully early next year. We'll uh, yeah. Let me know about it. That's for so sure. Cool. I'd love for to like sure. share it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Awesome. So now I have some questions from Facebook. Okay. So Lainey asked, how did you grow your channel and how did you manage like the complexities of SEO and algorithms? Mm. Okay. So, wow. Really good question. 
because I had prior experience with Instagram, it, you know, it really helped when I moved to YouTube because I kind of understood what my target audience needed, not necessarily what they wanted, because I feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of people don't know what they want until they see it. But I just felt like people needed calmness Mm -hmm. on this specific platform. YouTube Mm -hmm. is very loud and kind of like everyone wants to steal your attention by by being more ridiculous or more shocking. And I felt like there was a huge lack of Mm -hmm. kind of wellness. So yeah, I I saw that need and I I felt very convicted to to do something about that. Ooh, that's so smart of you. And I think it makes total sense. Your videos are so soothing. Thank you. The next question is from Juliet. She says, it feels hard to balance making content I want for myself versus what I think will help my channel grow. How do you balance creating content that's meaningful to you and content that will do well on YouTube? Mm, So all of this, actually, I I, I thought about all of this before I started the channel because once again, I, I remember what it was like to be burnt out. I'm creating content for other people rather than for myself. And so to kind of keep that from happening, I I created some non-negotiables. So no matter what video I did, I promised to myself I would stay true to my spirituality and I would stay true to my approach, like um, Mm -hmm. speaking calmly, adding calm music. I wouldn't jeopardize any of those non-negotiables for mm-hmm. any amount of money in the world like yeah and and for no amount of like hate will make me jeopardize like yeah. those couple of things yeah so it's important mm-hmm. to just stick with your guns so to speak even if you're already in the game to establish those non-negotiables and yeah. stick with it that's how you stay true to who mm-hmm. you are Awesome. And then one more question from Mary. Do you struggle with compartmentalizing your personal life and the life you show on YouTube? How do you decide what to share and what to keep private? Oh, yes. So because YouTube was also new to me, I was very wary of what I showed on screen versus in real life because I wanted to protect people closest to me. And I also wanted to protect my personal space. Because my niche is home decor, I feel like I'm already sharing so much. Like if people do enough research, they probably would know where I live, which is a scary Yeah. Do you worry about that? Yeah, I do worry about that. Mm -hmm. Um, I do, especially when I see all these Reddit comments and these guys are like, (gasps) I pass by that building all the time. I'm like, oh Oh my gosh, that's creepy. Yeah, it gets a little crazy. But because I live in a protected building, there's like concierge stairs security and stuff it makes me feel safer but how I keep my private life separate from my YouTube persona so to speak is I only share what I feel would be helpful to the audience if it's unhelpful Mm. to you yeah then I'm gonna keep it to myself basically Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah I I love that you're so like level-headed you've thought all these things out before starting because this is stuff that people learn as they go, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, that's why Instagram yeah. really taught me a lot. <laughs> yeah, wow. And that's just a reminder to listeners out there that like Anne had experience with Instagram. That's why she did so well on YouTube starting out because a lot of yeah. people, they might feel down like, oh, I just started my YouTube for a year or two years. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. But it just, 
you, it takes so many, so much experience to learn these things. Oh yeah, absolutely. And when it comes to SEO, like I think Eleni asked, mm-hmm. SEO was something I learned like day in and day out on my uh, in my copywriting job. So when I was there, like writing a bunch of stuff, I was doing so much research for the company um, about yeah. what like what keywords work best. So that was how I learned the technical side of marketing. So Ooh. yeah, it wasn't just. Like, Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's like people people on the outside are like, "Wait, how does she know all this stuff?" Yeah. But then <laughs> there's a reason behind everything. Mm-hmm. So I always like to say that everything that you experience in your past is not wasted. It, everything is used and it's mm-hmm. like meant to help you to where you're like meant to go. You just might not know it yet, yes. if that makes sense. Absolutely. But if, like looking back, looking back, it all makes sense. You're like, oh, like this gave me this skill. This gave me that skill. And mm-hmm. now that's why I can do this mm-hmm. so well. Yeah, you got your, well, I'm not sure if I get this right, but um, did you get your MBA or... No, no, no. I just, I studied business at USC. Yeah. Yeah. It's so clearly in how organized you are. And yeah, it's amazing the professionalism that you have, especially in an industry where many people kind of lack that, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So it really did come in handy and I, I see it so clearly. And I have another question just for fun. What would you say is the difference between your YouTube persona and your, the real Anne? Yeah. Oh my goodness. This is so funny because on YouTube, like I said, I only share and I only approach it in a way that I I feel is the most helpful. Mm -hmm. So you get a very uh, like 2D version of me, someone who's always calm, never gets angry, (laughs) (laughs) always clean. And yeah, but that's not real life. Um, And that's hopefully people know that. And in real life, I'm just like any other person. I have a range of emotions. I have a range of volume. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. In fact, I could be really loud sometimes and boisterous, but you know what? Yeah. That's how I remember you. When I met yeah. you, you were so like loud and yeah. excited, and I was, and then yeah. and then your YouTube videos come out, and you're so calm and slow. <laughs> it's yeah. so funny. Oh my goodness, man! When I was younger, I did not have a care in the world, <laughs> no level of self awareness whatsoever. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but you were so cute. Like just thinking back, it's thanks. It's fun. <laughs> No, I I love that we talk about this so that people out there can see that what you see online is not 100% reality. Even myself, I I do try to be myself, but there are parts of me I don't get to show on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And some parts I don't want to show, you know, like when I'm frustrated or angry, I don't want to show that. But the truth is we all feel everything. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay, <laughs> lastly, I have some rapid fire questions I want to ask you. Sure. All right, so Anne, what does your dream life look like? My dream life looks a lot like this. <laughs> I don't even oh, know yeah. how. To... Yeah, I, I'm so grateful for what I have. And honestly, just having a balanced schedule and having everyone in my life healthy, that's all I could ask for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So true. What is one book or resource that you recommend to everybody? I love the book called Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud and John Townsend. Mm. That book changed my life. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard about that book too. I should read it. Good. Okay. What is one habit that has changed your life? Resting. Building in rest Mm. in my schedule. Yes. I'm such an advocate for that right now. Mm, So good. (laughs) Yeah. 
What's the best life or career advice that you've ever gotten? I don't really get a lot of advice from people, but. <laughs> or that you've read, maybe. Yeah, I think just having a purpose to what you're doing rather than going into it with the intent of purely making money.、Mm-hmm. I think what will keep you going is if you have a purpose, like a more humanitarian purpose behind it.、Mm-hmm. And the last、mm-hmm. one, finish the sentence. The most amazing part about life is love. Yay. And where can we find you online, Anne? You can find me at、um, Girl in the Word on Instagram or on my YouTube channel, which is also Girl in the Word. Awesome. Thank you so much for doing this podcast with me. It was so much fun to catch up and talk. And yeah, everyone, check her out, Girl in the Word. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, I hope you enjoyed that inside look at the life of Anne Liu, founder of Girl and the Word. Make sure you check out her Instagram and YouTube if you have not checked her out already. And now I just want to wrap up with some takeaways from our conversation. So I think because Anne was burnt out from her experience with Instagram, she was so intentional about starting YouTube and she did things the right way. So she now gives herself a full day to rest each week. She was very intentional about. The type of videos she wanted to create on YouTube rather than trying to fit into what's out there. She really wanted to provide something that was a little different that people needed, which are her calm, soothing, spiritual videos. I also loved how she talked about drawing boundaries, how she only says yes to opportunities that she's excited about rather than just saying yes to everyone. Because I think in the beginning of an influencer's career, you kind of want to say yes to all these small opportunities that come your way, and then you realize that it's too much and you're burnt out and overwhelmed. So only say yes to what you're truly excited about. By the way, if you guys want an entire episode about boundaries, listen to the previous episode we did with Nancy Levin. That Episode was so good, and learning to set boundaries is like my new favorite thing. The last takeaway for Anne is to have your non negotiables so you always stay true to yourself. Because in a world where people are demanding things of you, or you're, you sometimes feel expected to change yourself or bend for others, it's really important to know where you stand and what are your non negotiables. What will you not change? What will you stay true in? And that is how you stay grounded in your authenticity. Authenticity, which I think is really important in this day and age. All right, that's it for my wrap up today. Love you guys so much, and I will talk to you next time. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Lavender Lifestyle. If you like this podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. Lastly, you can catch me on YouTube and Instagram at Lavender, where I have even more content for the artist of life. Sending you so much love. Bye.